Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Picard on CBS All Access. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched season one, episode three, titled The End is the Beginning. Is the end. <laughs> no, that's, that's something else. Uh, I got a question for you right off the bat. Oh. They did the, the previously on, like uh-huh. they always do. And I can't tell where that ends and where the episode begins. Dude, Because they do like a little bit of a flashback to yep. the Mars thing. And there's a big white light. And then we get a caption that says 14 years ago, Starfleet, whatever. Yeah, Mr. Robot that, did, did, did that a couple times to me last year. It's cool. I like it. But from uh-huh. a recap perspective, I have uh-huh. no idea where to start. I think what it does is it serves to, uh, I don't know, it... it I guess it's a smoother reentry from that to the actual episode. And also, yeah. instead of saying 14 years ago, they can just show Mars on fire and then Picard wearing a Star Trek fleet uniform. And, you know, but well, then, well, then they made the mistake of saying 14. Years yeah, ago. you're right. You're right. I was just about to yeah. I was just about to call myself on that. So it's like, I I don't know. I don't know. Why don't, can't we just have cool, why can't we just have retired admirals log? Yeah, or Admiral. Like I, 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 yeah. I wanted to hear Picard coming in from the commercial breaks with just you know that's all we need. Mm-hmm. We just need a voiceover saying retired yeah. Admiral's log, Admiral Clancy's log. Yeah, the, the dumbass Picard came in. I've, Old I've, ass Picard came in again. He's hounding me about this rescue op. I've quoted three Shakespeare's sonnets to no avail. <laughs> Uh, the the Talax, the Talaxian ambassadors prove most recalcitrant to my <laughs> my intellectual proddings. Yeah, I, I could uh, I could use that in lieu of the title cards, mm-hmm. but you know it's, it's new Trek. It would make it feel more Trekky. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, okay. I really like this show, and I'm I'm starting to get excited by the things they're doing with it. Um, I do wonder if some of the things I think they're doing with it are what they're actually doing with it. What do you think? What What are you getting excited about? <sighs> First of all, the idea that you might have this kamikaze Borg mission to upload some kind of neural virus into the collective to shut down. Like, that's pretty metal. The, like, 25 uh, Romulan Special Operations Forces uh, went and invaded a Borg cube with express purpose of getting assimilated and doing a a Jeff Goldblum, uh, you know, Independence Day to them all. I think that's a kind of a cool concept. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they brought the Borg Hugh. If you didn't recognize him, he's the administrator yeah. of the Borg Reclamation Project uh, underneath the Romulan Empire. I think that mm-hmm. that that's a super cool idea. Um, I kind of like this weird privateer feel that the crew that he's yeah. assembling kind of has. Um, and I also like if they're they might be doing this thing because because the one of the big kind of things that stick in my craw is that Jean-Luc Picard uh, gets denied. He, the Starfleet calls his bluff and accepts his resignation, mm-hmm. and then they do nothing about the Romulans. And for 14 years, he goes back to his estate and is, is, tries to live this comfortable life and forget about it, leaving you know this uh, lieutenant commander, Rafi, to just twist in the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really poignant emotional situa- uh, situation. Um, for it doesn't, her, yeah. Well, for, and it doesn't seem like it's something Picard would do, but yeah. maybe they're trying to get at like... You know, like there's if they're what they're trying to get as some kind of like class consciousness thing where like Rafi is like to represent to every person and Jean-Luc represents like maybe an upper middle class or, you know, upper class sensibility that might have gotten offended by some minor thing with politics and just takes their ball and goes home. And then the two sides drift further and further apart. Like it's never too late for a guy like Picard to stop to start giving a shit again, I guess. 
Like if you're a disaffected, sure. yeah. And and like maybe they're going with that kind of thing. Like, hey, get back. It's never too late for you know people that have been disillusioned by the process to get back in the game because you know maybe this new threat is something like we've never faced before. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. But they might just be like, herder, uh, the Star Trek movie happened 14 years ago, and that's when the Romulans died, and you know now we're in 2020, so we're just going to have Picard sulk, and we don't have any underlying reason for that. I don't know. Because like yeah, one I mean, thing he I was think definitely is... disillusioned, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. he, he says this is not Starfleet, right? This is not the Starfleet that I know. Sure, sure. But Which... I think one thing is cooler than the other, because like the fact that he keeps referring to this interview as an unmitigated disaster... Mm-hmm. You know, I just wish he'd he'd own it. Like he's righteously angry at the Federation. He's one of their greatest heroes. He could have done a lot, like bashing yeah. him from the outside, and he just didn't. Yeah, and I think Rafi is going to be on this trip uh, to serve as a, an endpoint to that sure. discussion, right? Sure. Like it's going to have to come up yeah. in close quarters, space travel. Yeah, I would think. But I, I, I guess it's this point where I kind of want to talk to the Star Trek fans and audience and mm-hmm. say that this is the type of podcast that I like. I really love the show, but this show sometimes does some really stupid things. And mm-hmm. I'm going to have to laugh at it. I'm just going to like, yeah. you know, Star Trek has always done like and, and I'm not saying that Picard's yes. done something as stupid as like, I don't know, have the Enterprise show up over an African warlord planet and have the leader take one look at the blonde, blue-eyed woman and say he has to have her as his wife. He's going to make him her fight with his other wife in, in, in single combat to mm. resolve. Like, that's bad. Picard's never, like, so far that bad. No, no. But it does do, you know, it does do some stupid shit. Does some silly stuff. Like, uh, like I love lot. Data. Mm-hmm. My first introduction with Data was him whistling on the holodeck and this android who can later perfectly replicate t- complicated dance moves, mm. can't figure out how to whistle. Yeah. He can't he figure out how to whistle. To, he asks, like, Riker, like, how he does it or whatever. Yeah, like, he's doing this very poor pop goes weasel, and then yeah. then seconds later, he sprints over like a maniac and rips some nerd out of a hollow river mm-hmm. and holds him aloft. Like, that's bad. The Picard's not doing anything this bad, but... They also had a woman refer to Jean-Luc Picard as JL. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> it, it took me so out of the Star Trek moment I was in. It, she she could have ripped a fart, and it would have been slightly mm-hmm. less of a what yeah. situation for that. There's just so much baggage that comes with a nickname for Picard, especially. Yeah. Like 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 when I, when when Sean Connery came onto the set of uh, of Indiana Jones, calling Indiana Jones Junior. Uh huh. It's jarring, but that's his dad. You're supposed to get like... Right. There's a power dynamic there. How does the Jean-Luc Picard that I know from Star Trek uh, go from, hey, you know what? I might play poker with my trusted command crew from time to time to some lieutenant commander calling Admiral Picard JL. Hey, JL. It's shocking to me because in seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation, with all those episodes that I've been through with Riker and Troy and Data and Wesley. Vosh Vosh doesn't have the temerity to call him JL? Nobody nobody calls him anything other than Captain or Jean-Luc. Plus... Like, Beverly's, I think, the only one who calls him Jean-Luc repeatedly. And JL is harder to say than (laughs) Jean-Luc. Someone on Twitter said that, like, it's they're amazed that they had the restraint not to call him J-Lu. J... J-Lo. Come on, J Lou. Let's call him J Lou. Yeah. Come on, J Lou. They don't Sm- know who J Lo is anymore. Smoke, smoke some snake leaf with me, J Lou. <laughs> I got, I got some real hissy issy here for yeah, us so to try. Yeah, so they got so much background. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, she maybe she was on Snake Leaf when she came up with that nickname. And, that's right. And that's she right. didn't realize how much Picard hated it. They kind of this, they kind of made it a point that she's 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 an old school Snake Leaf aficionado because oh, yeah. back in their Starfleet days, yeah, she's, she said a, some things never change. She's a she's a she's a forked tongue for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that that thing a that just, just eats the front of your tongue and gives you just the characteristic Snake mm-hmm. Leaf tongue. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of uh, backstory that they're going to have to fill in for me to even come close to believing she would call him that. That's but right. We'll see if they do it. They're going to be on a ship for a while. So expect more of it, I guess. What do you think of it, JJ? Uh, <laughs> good question, A. Ray. Jimmy J. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I liked it. I It took me a couple watches to really get what they were doing with like the Romulans and the Borg and the the xbs oh, yeah when like uh sophie starts in or soji starts in on that like i'm like did i miss an episode what the fuck yeah there's all this romulan mythology but they don't want to call it mythology at right. least the the former romulans now former borg mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to call it that uh yeah it, it's interesting there i'm trying to detect or i'm trying to determine if i think there's any time travel stuff like actual time travel in here because they keep talking about like we met tomorrow and like there's i don't know if it's a mythology thing like oh we i know who you are because you're this archetype which they mention or i know who you are because i've seen the future you're the end of all right like they keep saying it's and and i think it's more of a prophecy i think it's more of a mythology thing yeah is it like a bajoran wormhole type of prophecy or is it like i've been through an actual wormhole and seen the future type prophecy yeah, um, and it's certainly not out of the realm of especially a Borg story, right? Yeah, time travel. Like for sure. that's been done before, so I wouldn't put it past him. I'm I'm just not sure yet, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I th- I think the relationship between uh, some of the Romulans, like Narek and Rizzo and uh, Soji, like that stuff is playing the worst to me. I guess it's not bad. It's just. I don't mind Narek right and Soji. Right now, it's so shallow. Yeah. It's just like, I'm coming there to tell you that you're doing a bad job. And then yes. she gets there and tells him he's doing a bad job. Yes. He says, I'm subtle. Uh-huh. And they keep going with the plan. I'm yeah. like, the, the, like I said, it's this, okay. Soji and but, Narek's all right, but it's the Narek and his sister. It's like, yeah. what are they trying to do some kind of low rent Lannister bullshit here? Like, very low rent. You yeah. smell like sex, you know, or something like, yeah. It's, that's it's that's a line someone wrote. Carnal written. or whatever. I don't know. Whatever mm, she it smells so it. carnal. Yeah. It's my new synth, Carnal, mm-hmm. by Romulus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mostly like it. Yeah. No, I don't think it's bad. And I like Rios. I think he's going to be a cool character. Yeah. It's I'm, it's it's like a fun Star War, Star Trek. As long as it gets the big stuff mostly right, yeah. I'll I'll be content to clown it like I do all the stuff I love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they got to keep doing the, the big stuff right. It's a lot to clown. I, I, I don't Star mind Trek. the bizarre because, like, a lot of times in the first season, Star Trek's just throwing a bunch of bizarre, weird shit to see what sticks. Like, here's a guy who sleeps in a he turns into goo and sleeps in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Here's a Pinocchio that thinks he's a real boy. Here's a man who's got copper blood and weird ears. Look at him. Every seven years, he gets uncontrollable horny. Copper like, blood? Yeah, Spock. He got copper blood. Has copper blood? Copper based blood. Yeah. What does that mean? He's got they, green blood. Yeah. Is that why it just he green blood and Vulcan? Oxidizes? How many times has McCoy called him that? Is it orange, like an orangey it's, copper it's color when orange. it's in his veins? It's, it's green, like like an no, ox- when it's in his veins, like oh yeah, you're, you're probably like it right. Oxidizes when it comes. You're out. probably right. It's probably runs, and then when it gets exposed to air, mm. it turns just as the car blood. 
goes right. Our butt is like right. bluish purple, and it turns red when exposed to air. That's what I hear, but there's no way to test that. You, well, <laughs> it, unless you cut someone open, Jim. But then the blood out. turns red. Oh yeah, then yeah. As soon as you see it, yeah, it's impossible. All I right. Think that's, I think that's how the movie Saw started. That guy just wanted to see if it's yeah. you know. I know you've got blue blood. Yeah, want to see lie the blue, to me. Want to see the blue blood? Strap you into his device. Saw, crack you open. We got to get started talking about Star Trek here, otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here forever. All right, let's start the recap. I think it starts with Starfleet at headquarters 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Picard tried to convince the Starfleet uh, commanders to continue the rescue op, but they refuse. Picard explains why to Rafi. He gave them an ultimatum to accept his plan or he can resign, and they did not accept his plan. And then Rafi suggests that they try to continue the rescue op themselves. Picard thinks that's stupid, and Rafi gets called by the commander-in-chief, and she thinks she's going to get fired and blames Picard. I heard that I read this. Um, there's like some out of universe material that uh, uh, Patrick Stewart was talking about in an interview where the committee of admirals was hearing his case, just kept on snickering and calling him JL. Yeah. Oh, Couldn't oh, take yeah. Him seriously oh, after oh, that. Oh, 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 you think you got that many ships, JL? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yo, you want to. <laughs> yeah, whatever, JL. <laughs> you want to br- you want to bring the sense back online? Okay, all right, okay, JL. We'll accept your resignation. <laughs> they fired him like six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, his uh, severance package was just a pound of snake leaf. Yeah, <laughs> that's the new basic. That's like a, you don't uh, yeah. they, they don't have salaries anymore. You just get paid in snake mm-hmm. leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I I want to like Rafi. And I think she's a cool character. And uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, I wonder, we'll see as we go along. I think they're going for like a Carrie from Homeland type of vibe where you've got this troubled okay. like intelligence agent who can see things that no one else can because, yeah. I don't know, she smokes a lot of snake leaf and drinks a lot of Chateau Picard. Um, maybe she's got some addiction issue. Maybe mm-hmm. she wants to waste her life at a pleasure gambling pleasure planet. Yeah, they're going. Lab. They're going for that that vibe, and I'm kind of there for it. But they need to let this jail stuff go. They really. They're not going to brace yourself. It's like Neelix had thing. like this super hot star child bride in the first season of Voyager, and they got halfway through, and they realized we can't keep this going, and she died. She died. She died. <laughs> wow. Uh, jail needs to die. Not the person, the nickname. The nickname. Uh, this, if this gets into season two, it, it's 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 got they got to leave jail in the season one books. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a better alternative than what I was hoping for, which is enough backstory to fill this in because I don't <laughs> think you can do it. I really don't. Picard is not that kind of guy. No, like no amounts of after hours drinking uh-huh. or being stranded behind Romulan lines or whatever they're going to do is going to allow him to. I mean. I wouldn't think so. Like, I, I wish they played it like if they'd have played it with him being annoyed with her uh-huh. like that. I would have like like you kind of like Indiana Jones, not like him being called mm-hmm. Junior. All right. Like th- I could have rolled with that because like I could see someone having the temerity and the familiarity with him to do that as kind of like a joke or a jab at him. Yeah. But Picard just like not even blinking. I don't know. Don't like it. Don't like Captain Jail. They gave me an answer to one of the big questions I had about the synthetics. What happened to the ones that didn't attack Mars? Apparently, they just committed genocide. They dismantled all of them. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of shocking to me. Like, And, and it sort of it makes me understand why Picard is saying this is not 
the uh-huh. Starfleet that I remember. That's what we, we we did. We talk about this last week um, about how yeah did 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 they do that with some kind of due process because data sound like it. was found as kind of like a a, a citizen pro- uh, of the Federation protected by Federation rights. Now yeah, you know dismantling as art synthetic is could that arguably be the same as like putting like a convicted criminal in stasis or something for some kind Maybe. of treatment because yeah. it's not like. I imagine you could put them back together and they'd mm-hmm. be right as rain. But, yeah, you're probably right. But still. So maybe it's just like. Uh, did they do that through due process? Maybe it's incarcerating an entire species of beings. Yeah, indefinitely <laughs> in some kind of state of non-being. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's kind of alt, some altered carbon shit. But yeah, like, what was the, the process like for that? I don't know. I don't know. And I imagine you probably have a lot of them that would just scatter as opposed to being dismantled. So maybe we're if we're talking about a nest, there doesn't necessarily have to be a whole bunch of other sojis or dodges out there. It could be like a oh, nest of escaped, yeah, sort of fugitive uh, synthetics who may have no, I don't, may have no relationship whatsoever to soji. That would be kind of cool, like a couple thousand of like escaped synthetics on the lamb and some asteroid somewhere waiting to be yeah, led. Yeah, maybe Bruce Maddox, you know, called them all in somehow. A little so. bit of Will Smith iRobot there. Going to have so uh, so Soji show up to like a bunch of storage compartments full of B two B fours or whatever, uh-huh. stumbling out into the light. Yeah, they're all smiling at her. Ugh. Creepy. Now, uh, crucially, I, I like how Rafi suggests that this might be a Tal Shiar inst- mm-hmm. like instigated attack on Picard. Just like I said last week, like why the fuck would this Romulan Secret Service doom all of Romulans to death by supernova? Yeah. Still a great question, and mm-hmm. I think they're hinting at this destroyer thing. I think they're hinting at like why the Rom the, this this hardliner Romulans might feel that way. Like it's worth sacrificing ninety nine percent of us if we can save the one percent of true organic Romulans. You know, yeah, could be. Um, it's also possible that maybe the Borg are more involved than we think at this point. Yeah, could be. They're they're sort of pushing around the edges of that story. Um, but we'll get there. So we go back to the present day uh, at Vasquez Rocks, where Picard has explained the situation to Rafi and asks her to help. She's still pissed about him ending her career and also that she never heard from him in the interim. This is incredible. Yeah, what's incredible? Snake Leaf? Uh, <laughs> Rafi, I call you every week, but you're high as fuck and you never remember. <laughs> right. Like the, the, the Jean-Luc Picard would have mm-hmm. this woman that he led this like crusade against Starfleet with got her fired and then never ever followed up with her that's yeah that really um that really puts Picard in a dark place and i feel like he i don't know how you come correct on that like how you can excuse being so disillusioned that you retreat into your cave of extreme privilege for 14 years mm-hmm. and never speak of it again you know, you never do in interviews like your books must be so tapioca that they don't ruffle any Federation fe- feathers. Um, it's it's like the, the cards a broken man. The, the scary part about this, though, is I feel like they've already told that part of the story mm-hmm. and they haven't done it with enough enough weight. Yeah, for me to really feel like Picard was a broken man at that point. Well, I wonder if we'll keep seeing flashbacks though, because like if 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 they leave it like this, then this is I don't know how. But where is the the further setback? Because the setback has been like he played his ultimatum card. Yeah, and they call this bluff. Right. 
I mean, now he just has to go off and sulk. So, I mean, maybe he spirals downward. Maybe he thinks about it more. Maybe he... Yeah, but, like, yeah, like, I'd like to see... Talks with his old crew or something, like... Like, how did he get involved with these two Romulan ex-Tal Shiar operatives? Yeah. Like, is there... What... what? And maybe from his perspective, uh, maybe there's something more to his story. Like, maybe... Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a misunderstanding with him and Rafi, but it just seems like... There's just gotta be more. This seems crazy that he would never have even... It'd be one thing if she's like, oh, sure, you called, you kept in touch, but, you know, you didn't really do... The fact that he just ghosted her for 14 years is incredible. And it, it, it belies, like, a, a real uh, kind of metaphysical sickness that he was going through. Yeah. Um, and that's... But I don't know. Again, it could be that they think that they told the story and it's it's all done. And in that I case, I certainly hope not. In that case, it's it's never going to be better than like an Anakin Obi Wan, where yeah. it's like, hey, they were best friends and buddies and brothers, but we really are never going to see it. You just have to believe it. Mm -hmm. Which fine, I'm willing to accept that. I just hope they fill it in a little bit more. Yeah, I think it could be really good if they do. Um, the the idea that Picard has made some mistakes in his life, he's hurt people. Like, yeah. I like that because yeah. Picard was always shown as you know someone insanely empathetic and compassionate, and always did the right thing. Righteous, yeah, yeah. And to see him sort of make a mistake yeah. that he lets go for fourteen years uh, without without trying to repair that mistake is. I think it could be fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, and a, then a great again, look at a, a new kind of Picard. Life is full of people who get, you know, we're firebrands about something. You know, you look at the, like the baby boomer generation, you know, that was the generation of Woodstock and Vietnam mm -hmm. protests, but they were also the generation of wall street greed and, you know, corporate collusion. And is it, you know, like, is it ever too late to get back in the game? Is it ever too late to like have a sense of moral outrage about something? Like maybe Picard is trying to say something about, uh, what it's like to be from, from that perspective, and like this is a class kind of uh, um, tra this is like a class reconnection. It's a generational reconnection between him and Ra Rafi, um, and that could be interesting. But then again, it could be that they just think they've they've done their homework and they're done and they're ready to tell the story. Which yeah, I mean the hilarious part is she doesn't know this, but he's really here because of Data. Like that's right. the whole genesis for this trip right. is that Data's daughter effectively uh -huh. showed up on his doorstep. So, uh -huh. yeah, his, I mean, like his his and, and she's the most important thing to him. His brother is luggage. His brother is luggage <laughs> over at the Daystrom uh -huh. Institute, but you know he, right. he didn't get his hand held. <laughs> it's true. He didn't get the the I'll never leave you pledge. Uh, okay, we go over to the artifact, the board cube where Soji gets noticed for speaking to a quote-unquote nameless in its own language, and she's granted an interview with Ramda, which sounds good to her. I don't know anything about Ramda at this point, so I'm not excited. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? Uh, we find out that Ramda is an expert on ancient Roman, Romulan myth, um, and she wants to sort of connect with her via some shared uh, framework of mythology. It's going to be Snake Leaf. It's just going to be a snake leaf hookah. That's, yeah. And that's what you need they're going to figure it all out. Go in there with a vape pen. And... You want to know what kind of sister I am? Smoke this. <laughs> uh, but then we come back to Picard apologizing to Rafi for Oh, his... wait. Before we do this, I just want to point yeah. out that I know we did in the intro, but this, this ex Borg, uh, who's the administrator of the, the reclamation project, is Jonathan Del Arco. And he's the original actor who played Hugh mm -hmm. in the famous Next Generation episode, I Borg. Yep. He was the first, the Federation's first uh, 
like Borg personality, the first one that got like disconnected from the collective and was yeah. able to uh, re reestablish himself as a as an individual. It's a great episode, and I thought it was a really cool touch that he, as the first independent Borg or reclaimed Borg, is now uh, appointed as administrator over this project. I think that's a cool touch. It's also pretty cool. It's surprisingly cool of the Romulans too. And Voyager in the formulation phase of their entire plot uh -huh. for their multi-season arc said, never once said uh, TNG did it. Yeah, they just they just barrel right through and did right. seven or nine. Right. They might. Was there an explanation for that? Like, did Janeway take off like midway, like in the chronolo chronology, like midway through Man, Star Trek's Voyager, the Next Generation's run? I, I know a fair bit about TNG. I know right. less about deep space nine and almost nothing about anything yeah like post seasons like that. right around seven of nine showed up is where i checked out of yeah. voyager i know she had a hard time uh adjusting to being a human again she did might see her later this season if the trailers are to be believed you might uh okay then we go to picard apologizing to rafi for his mistakes and he tries again to sell her on why she should help him and she asks him to leave but when he does leave she feels bad and offers him a pilot named Rios, who we'll find out has a ship, because a pilot doesn't do you much good without a ship. True. He's very real Han Solo here. Yeah. Um, she also says some stuff about, like, I know for sure that a Starfleet official allowed the attacks on Mars to happen. I think that's in this scene, or mm -hmm. maybe the scene it is. earlier on. So she's been doing research on, you know, what went down on the Mar for the Mars attacks years ago in the, in the ensuing time. Also, since I already took a Picard to task, I will also say something about Miss JL here. <laughs> Maybe get in touch with Picard as you uncover this evidence. Yeah. And you do this careful work, you know, like it's the, the, the I'm sure those communicators work two ways, right? Yeah, but she was probably like, oh, fuck this guy. You know, he's just giving up. <laughs> well, I mean, then it's they're, they're opposite sides of the same fuck, fuck, fuck yeah. this, this situation coin. Yeah, she's a little more justified. I, I get oh, why yeah, she's mad. Sure. Like he got her fired. Yeah, her, her whole career went down the shitter, and now if, she's just smoking. If, if she's I a snake to, leaf burnout. If, if I have to jump into someone's foxhole, it's going to be Rafi. Although, yeah. like, if she keeps his JL stuff up, I might, I might pull a Switzerland <laughs> and just go full neutral. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, I, I do think though that like she seems like she had a lot of stuff figured out, and when Picard first mentioned there, like the day he got resigned and she got fired, it seemed much more conspiracy theory. Like, oh, this is just my hunch. Yeah. And then she solidified, since solidified that, but also never reached out to him to be like, Hey, look, I solidified this. And it seems like she doesn't quite have the missing piece that she needs, which she gets later in this yeah. episode. But like, you know, at this point, 14 years later, as Picard points out, you've got Romulan secret forces, special operation forces moving on in, in on punity on earth. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, Federation's got its problems, but like if you can't detect Romulans sneaking around the capital, the throne world of the Federation, then what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So I thought that's uh, pretty pretty cool. And I do like the her kind of somewhat drunken snake leaf addled genius like carry from homeland thing they're doing. Like I, mm -hmm. I would have loved to seen the 24th century equivalent of like a red yarn board. I mean, I, I guess that's like all the different touchscreens she's got. Yeah, I mean, it seems like cool. they're setting up a more modern crew here. I think yeah. like Star Trek The Next Generation was a fairly bland crew. Like there there wasn't much that stuck out about any one person except for 
maybe Riker. No, Riker it's, it's, was the ladies' man, right? He's like got the the flair. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a ship full of essentially NPR radio hosts, uh-huh. and you had the Klingon, and you had the guy who liked to fuck. <laughs> right. And then yeah. everybody else, everybody else was just kind of like you know a guest star and wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So they're doing a pretty good job of making all these people people. Uh huh. Which. I like. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm taking a shine to Rios and Rafi. Uh, they're, they're making Rios into a lot of people, it turns out. And they really are. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. We we first, speaking of sneaky Romulans, Commodore uh-huh. O stops by the Daystrom Institute to uh, ask Gerardi what went on during her visits with Picard. And it's a very short scene. Commodore O, in these fucking sunglasses... And these ears is like a Blues Brother version of Mr. Tumnus from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm, Who the fuck let her walk on the stage looking like this? They probably told her to look like this. Vulcan ears don't go out the side like like a... do they need? Do they need like uh, Jordy? She style looks like she's visors? ready to work as a teller at Gringotts, man, and ha- Harry Potter. <laughs> the sunglasses already. The sunglasses are kind of like I get it. I yeah. get it. She's like this government spook character, mm-hmm. but the ears pulling out. This coming out the she side. She needed a fedora. She really just if oh, she had man a trench coat. Yeah, a trench coat and a fedora. Like it's ah, you like put it over the top. Did people not just laugh out loud when she came out of the makeup trailer? It's like they forget that probably. They for, look, oh, they forgot the. It's not your fault. They forgot to glue your ears to the back of your head. They're uh, just flopping out in the breeze, man. They really are. They, they big go ears. go back there and you tell that makeup person more Spock, less Yoda, because these <laughs> ears are out of control. And what the <laughs> have you ever seen a person wear sunglasses in Star Trek in the history of Star Trek? I can't recall it. So the first time you see sunglasses, they're 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 wearing there's some Vulcan with donkey ears. Come on, <laughs> it's not a good. They're getting bigger too. Every I, scene, they're. I think is that a joke that they're trying to make the ears fifteen yeah. percent bigger every single time you see her. And... I mean, that's the thing. Star Trek kind of didn't mind making their characters look ridiculous from time to time. The, no, that's right. Like, I, so, there's a couple of those like fourth, third, and fourth season where I swear to God, they just took pancake batter and they just threw it on someone's face. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the alien makeup yeah. could get pretty bad sometimes. Well, that's what this is. I mean, it's, even it, the hero characters. Yeah, yeah. They, they make them look foolish all the time. That's true. That's true. The yeah. wardrobes alone. I mean, Picard's metal bikini. Uh, I mean, I just watched the one with Vosh where he goes to... That's what I'm saying. Those hot uh, pants. Riza and like, well, I mean, yeah, aside from him wearing Speedo, uh-huh. sequin, sequin Speedo. He's, wear, he's, wearing, he's wearing an asymmetric blouse and, uh-huh. and metal hot pants. He's it's also amazing. carrying this Horgon, I think. Yeah. This idol that Riker gave him so that yeah. he would get fucked when he goes to Riza. Yeah, the guy who likes to fuck gave him a statue <laughs> that says, I like to fuck. It's, it's a and brilliant And then he, he comes back and everybody's like, oh, you enjoy yourself on Riza? That... That's an amazing episode, right? It's fantastic. That's one of the yeah. most entertaining episodes in all of TNG history. Oh, it's great. It's it's great. Like Picard punches a Ferengi for talking shit. Uh huh. It's it's an amazing episode. Uh, Commodore O's ears, not amazing. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, I agree. They were a little silly. All right, we go back to the artifact. Soji is taken to speak with Rhonda, who is mentally disturbed. This kind of this kind of it. They just go inside, and then it yeah, cuts. Yeah, it's another one. I, I feel like there's a scene cut because, although this could also just be uh, our early preview of Soji just knowing things, but, like, yeah. I, they started referring to all this stuff, like uh, these disturbed robots as did disordered, and they've already talked yeah. about the nameless, which last episode I thought, oh, well, that kind of makes sense because you got all these aliens that from the Gamma Quadrant, and you don't know who they are. They're just a nameless, but she, they're, they're no, they're Romulans, and she's speaking to them in Romulan language 
why are they calling him the nameless again? Can you just give him uh, a name? Can... It's a good question. And she knows a lot about her assimilation, right? Like, yeah. She knows what chip she was on. I mean, Hugh's got a name. Goddamn. Uh-huh. It's not, they don't go around calling him three of five or nameless anymore. Yeah, I don't know. The, this this class of, I guess, disconnected XBs was interesting to me because they call them the disordered. They clearly are mentally disturbed. Yeah. Uh and it it's all seemed to revolve well we'll talk about it in subsequent uh scenes but it all mm. seemed to revolve around the disconnection of the ship from the collective right right and the connection they have we don't really know what happened that's what we're trying to get at but like it's it's pretty interesting yeah um it's kind of fun watching them play like romulan rubik's cubes and playing romulan mahjong yeah i kind of like that anytime there's like a a sci-fi take on a, an old classic what does a Romulan fidget spinner look like? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's got three points, it's right? It's got enormous shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> Even there's fidget spinner. Where, where, where did the, yeah, where did, did, when did shoulder pads fall out of favor with the I Romulans? I really liked, uh, we didn't talk about this, but I really liked those those uh, new Starfleet uniforms. I think they really, they really did a nice job between going back to the old militarized like classic Trek movies where these look like, you know, military yeah. uniforms and like the next generation's pajamas. I thought they're like the, one of the tastiest Star Trek fleet uniforms I've ever seen. See, I never notice uniform changes. Really? I never notice it. Except, you didn't, you didn't except notice, in first contact. Yeah. You didn't notice the Romulans not looking like front doors anymore? No. Like they're fake even front though doors? I, I remember seeing like three days ago or something i yeah. watched a couple of romulan episodes and i was yeah. like god damn those shoulder pads are fucking ridiculous they, 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 they wear, i didn't notice it in this. they wear outfits made of brillo pads mm-hmm. that have massive shoulder pads yeah how they fit through doors i don't know they make them bigger that's what maybe that romulan they, doors are just bigger those aren't that de- ornamental decorative fake front doors those are actually just romulan tal shiar agents standing in front of every house on romulus <laughs> they look like it aluminum seemed like doors. a lot of work to me a lot of trouble to go to to devise a ruse that works once mm. and not on the people who live on the planet. Like Romulans know, right? You don't go to the front door. It's like, but it's like a cultural thing, right? It's almost like they're, I, I see, I kind of like that where they take, you know, because obviously these are barely veiled archetypes for like different world powers at the time you know like mm-hmm. the klingons are kind of the russians and yeah. the romulans are kind of think you're supposed to understand them being as like chinese or something but like when they start building out it's like okay what are the romulans they're they're paranoid spy people okay well what's a paranoid spy culture look like it's almost like a ritual kind of thing like yeah everyone knows it's it's bullshit but it's like it's so ingrained in their culture that they have a secret entrance to their house and that's mm. the, where their friends and family go to it's like i, I kind of like it traditional yeah. houses so like it's like I people imagine have, they don't do it anymore yeah like people have like the the horseshoes over their doors mm. like no one really believes in that shit anymore do they but it's traditional at this point so i, I kind of i think that's kind of neat you know Adds like the, they take this racial essentialism and then start fleshing it out yeah um, it's better than the shoulder pads. Easily. <laughs> Although the shoulder pads camouflage your shoulders. That's Who knows true. how strong this person is? Damn straight. They all, he could have shoulders. Like a fucking NFL linebacker. Or he could have shoulders like Pee Wee Herman. And yeah. you'd never know. That's right. Always hide your strength and your weakness. Are you Are you willing to gamble? <laughs> Come at me. Rafi uh, is. All right. So Picard calls Rafi in the middle of a research to send her the Daystrom data on Bruce Maddox. 
there's there's this they do a good job of packing in a relationship uh a backstory to their relationship in this scene right like there's nothing there's nothing happening here but there's a familiarity between the characters yeah like i know you've already you've got this mystery and you got your jaws around like a pit uh, a pit yeah. bull and Here's, you're going to protest when I when I call and tell you I got this stuff for you, but then it's going to intrigue you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of like this demanding father figure that you don't want to let down, even though I've let you down for 14 years. Like, yeah. there is... It, that that works a little bit, yeah. <laughs> get, get rid of the jail stuff. You're almost there. You're almost there. I think so. Uh, and then Picard meets with Rios, who is injured. We don't know what from. Uh, but ZMH patches him up while he and Picard talk about the mission. And Picard tries to figure out what makes Rios tick. <laughs> You and me both, buddy. It's the tragic sense of life by Unamuno is what I'm going to call him. Mm-hmm. Spanish philosopher. Um, so I, what do you think of Captain Rio's ship? Because this is going to be the ship of the, se- the series, it seems. I'm getting like a Mass Effect Normandy type vibe. I, I, I was going with like a, a giant version of the jump ships from Destiny. Okay. Like this looks yeah. literally like a new monarchy faction reward for getting like 500 kills in the crucible in season two or something. Yeah. Like it's, it, it looks so much like that. It, it hurts, but I keep expecting Seth green to show up uh, <laughs> in a wheelchair or something. Uh, but captain Rios, I mean, he's kind of like along the same wavelength as like Hector from Westworld or like Pedro Pascal from game of Thrones or the Mandalorian. He's kind of like this cool, but in a very kind of like, you know, either South American or Spanish, Spanish type. Uh, and he's, 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 he's got that cool kind of like, maybe he's got a little Han Solo criminality. He used to be this upright mm-hmm. Starfleet uh, officer, but Starfleet did him dirty and did his captain dirty. And I like all that. Yeah. But these emergency holograph programs... <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Like, is half the crew going to be just versions of him in different outfits and speaking different... Because act- I, I I looked at the background of this actor, uh-huh. and he was, like, born in Venezuela. His dad was a diplomat, and he spent most of his time growing up in England, which might explain mm-hmm. his facility with, like, Irish and English accents. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like, uh, uh, but are are they really going to have like, are we going to have the emergency engineering hologram, and he's going to have like a Scottish accent, and he's going to be wearing like uh, a kilt and a a beret? <laughs> it seems like they're wearing the same uniform. Right? Are they? I thought they were, but maybe they're not. So let me ask you this: the original med- emergency medical holograph Rock looked like by the Robert guy- Picardo. Looked like the guy who designed him in Starfleet, which makes sense. Yes. Kind of like the same way that Data roughly looks like Doctor Soon. If you're building something, you, a lot of times it, you, it make you look like yourself. The Mona Lisa kind of looks like Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, you, you've got this kind of like, but this guy didn't de- de- design or develop these programs. I'm assuming he just bought them off the shelf. Like, I don't think that he built this starship by hand. I don't think he just probably bought them off the shelf. Why the hell do they all look like him except with different accents? Like, it, it seems like a bizarre yeah. ego trip thing to do to have all of your fake crew look and sound like you only with different accents. Can you imagine? Yeah, I don't think I would want that. Uh, but, you know, Rios is a complicated guy, apparently. It's like it, it, it's also like this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like all of his holograms are like these mannered and kind of and he's the one that's kind of loose cannon, just like just pull his fucking hunk of metal and I'm just going to bleed on my shirt because I, yeah. I want you to do a half ass job of fixing me up, Doc. Like, And then one of them starstruck by Picard and he's pretending that he's not. 
even though he clearly obviously is yeah. because he's running his ship ship shape and federation standard whatever the hell oh yeah that it was means. a mess before he realized picard was showing oh up. yeah oh yeah you know that's why he got the shrapnel in his arm he's he tried to stuff his his locker with all the junk and it exploded <laughs> on him oh you know what you could do <laughs> then he's beamed it all out to space that's the other plan i bet you nobody has to reorganize their house in the star trek future if you had a transporter you're, Couldn't you just transport every item into its individual place all at once? Or you could you could just like just turn it all into its molecular goop and then reconstitute it any way you want. Like just yeah. completely rearrange and redecorate it. The the push of a button, push push of a button. <laughs> the push of a button. The push of a button. This is this is the emergency that's podcast the, hologram, and he just talks like this. He looks just like me, but when the podcast goes wrong, he just starts pushing the button. The Canadian version. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell that was, but it's it's a valid either. character, so don't say anything about it. <laughs> uh, a little hint as to who Rios might be. Uh-huh. Uh, this Tragic Sense of Life book that Picard picks up mm. is by a Spanish philosopher named Unamuno. I, mm. I, that's, I forgive my disgusting American tongue. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's an existential philosophical writing uh, I I don't know much more about it than that because it's long. It's longer mm. than I could read mm. in a day or a weekend or whatever. Right. Um. But you know, existentialism is sort of the idea that we subscribe, we ascribe our own meaning to life, mm-hmm. um, and it has no intrinsic meaning. So yes. you kind of get the idea that this guy is gonna be, uh, just sort of do things the way he wants to do them. This is this uh, is the writer room, writers room saying that he's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. got layers. Mm-hmm. He's got stuff going on. Yeah, and he might not even know because I, I know um, one of the things I learned about this Unamuno guy is that he sort of had a crisis, a religious crisis, hmm. around the time that he switched over to existential thinking. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like they're setting something similar up with uh, Rios with his old captain dying. Uh, now they got uh, now they got someone with a snake leaf hookup coming on the ship, so that's going to kick the philo- philosophical yeah. talks in overdrive. Insufferable. Can I see? Can can I get a scene with all three versions of Captain Rios, Rafi, uh, Agnes, and Picard just passing the pipe around, <laughs> like in lieu yeah. of a, a poker scene? I just want to see them kind of like you know getting deep. <laughs> this is going to be real interesting when they have to debate the ethics of one of their actions. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you remember they, they always went into the, the conference room and they'd have, like, Jordy mm-hmm. and Deanna yeah, yeah. And, and, and Beverly and everybody sitting down debating what their next move should be. Sure, yeah. And then Picard would decide. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an entirely different game here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're and gonna, I can't wait to see it. They're going to hotbox the conference room. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. Receiving um, subspace frequencies, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> some sitar music playing in the background I, uh, I'm here for it they replace all the doors in the ship with beads <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, so Rafi continues her research and finds something on a thing called Free Cloud which I think is either some sort of gambling website or a casino or it, maybe Quark's running it. Maybe Free Cloud is what Quark did after Deep Space. That Nine. would be cool. Yeah, I would love to see him. Of like, he's bought a whole planet and he's running it like Quark's bar. Is Armin Shimmerman still alive? Surely he's got to be, right? Yeah, 
not Nog's not, but I no. think the other. I don't know. I actually, I, I, I think I would have paid. I think I would have heard if he hadn't, if he had passed on. Probably but that'd be cool. It'd be great to see him. Again. No, I, I got. It, it sounds like a twenty, a twenty first century photo sharing app. Uh-huh. Um, but I think you're supposed to understand that it's uh, like one of those CD type of pleasure gambling planets. Yeah, you know? it's like Sea Land, right? Uh, it's, okay, it's like the international yeah, yeah. waters right. free for all you can gambling. buy actual romulan ale here not to synthesize yeah. stuff the stuff that's still illegal on the black market right. right get all your get all your snake leaf your romulan ale your who, who do you think is gonna do death it better? sticks whatever star wars or star trek is gonna do what better the casino scene uh, probably star wars because they have a bigger budget and and the yeah. casino planet's problem wasn't that it didn't look amazing. It didn't look like an amazing, awesome no. Las Vegas world. It was a lot of other things. Although I have seen a casino episode in Next Generation, mm. it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's one where they get stuck in a, a oh, alternate yeah. dimension uh-huh. in a novel, essentially. Yep. And, yep. And they have to keep going through the revolving doors and, and it, eventually buy the casino out from under the foreign investors. Yeah, it's yep. That's a bad episode. Yeah, like a like a like uh, a twenty first century astronaut got stuck uh-huh. in that. Yeah, there's a big skeleton in the spacesuit. Yep, <laughs> I remember that episode. It's real weird. Picard's not doing anything like that. I hope not. <laughs> got to give it credit for that. Uh, so, in private, Rios EMH fawns over John Luke's presence and insists that Rios is too, even though he protests. Uh, Rios says he doesn't want to get involved because the last time he did ten years ago, he got essentially his hero killed. Mm-hmm. This very famous captain, I the guess. And captain not appearing in this episode. Yeah, Captain Nameless. We'll former get, we'll get more former Borg. I do like the relationship they're building between Picard and him. Like, you know, Picard's in here and he's kicking back into the, the console. Like, uh, we might get up to some pretty bad stuff out here. Some things that you wouldn't want to tell a lawyer about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, we might have to cut some corners, break some rules. Like, Picard, mm-hmm. come on. At, at your sneakiest, you're running around telling Starfleet about all your plans. Yeah, and then defying them. He's like, like it's he, a, it's Starfleet requires eight hours of pilot sleep. You'll have to manage with seven, with a thirty minute <laughs> nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Are you prepared to work under these constraints, Captain Rios? Like, <laughs> what does Picard breaking the rules look like? I can't wait. I think it's exactly that. Yeah, he's just gonna go renegade, prime wipe his ass with the prime directive. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 in for it. I'm I mean, in he's for done renegade that a time Picard. or two. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's no stranger to wiping his ass. He switched to Earl Gra- Earl Grey decaf. He's wild, crazy. He's wild. He drinks it cold now. Oh my god. All right. Out of a styrofoam cup. <laughs> Why would you? Why would you? He's, he's got, got a replicator. He's, he's, he's got an edge. He's got an edge, Jim. Oh, probably he's got breaking, breaking all the rules. All right. Picard's back in his vineyard. He's looking over his grapes, and he confesses that he's never truly felt at home here because he's a star man, <laughs> as, as the visuals of the story tell us. Mm-hmm. Anything to say about this scene or just this is the last time we'll see the vineyard? No. Yeah, and like I said, it's like that's the thing. It's like, man, Picard did this for 14 years in exile. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. All right, so we go over to Soji analyzing uh, Ramda's Romulan tarot, essentially, mm-hmm. and then speaking to her in her native tongue. Um, I assume this is the first time that Ramda has spoken to anyone because. Hugh seems pretty taken aback when she yeah, does. Yeah, like she has good days and bad days, but some of these mm-hmm. Ramans are essentially drawing and crayon on their walls. Yeah, so what does a bad day look like? They're disordered. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then there's an attack on Chateau Picard. They manage to fight off the attackers, and then Gerardi shows up saying that Commander O asked her what she wanted with Picard, um, and she told her almost everything, except that she was going with him. Uh, they begin interrogating one of the Romulan attackers. And there are sort of two interrogations intercut, which we'll get to here in a second. Yeah. And I'll take them one at a time, but they're happening at the same time. Okay. Uh, I was shocked to see so many Romulan disruptors stashed in Picard's house. Does he know about those Romulan disruptors? I was about to ask, and I don't think, I think there might be phaser pistols, like, because why would he? But maybe they're the Tal Shiar. Um, exactly, yeah. So, they, like, is this something that Chateau Picard's always had? Is this kind of like, uh, yeah. Like a Green Hornet situation where his Romulan uh, attendants kind of like ran randomly attack him and uh -huh. like drill for this kind of stuff. Or when I, I think what I think is that um, Laris uh, was just being prepared. Like mm -hmm. when there's the attempt on Picard's life, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start duct taping disruptors and every flat inverted surface in the house. Okay. And I think it's a new thing. Yeah, because like I don't explosion. buy that Picard is just the Chateau Picard just bristling with weapons. Like he's like yeah. a retired Kill Bill, you know. I mean, they are former Deadly Viper Squad member. He's aren't, just got aren't they knives and Romulan military. Yeah, no, yeah. Like she, she was a Tal Shiar agent, yeah. and his and and the the guy um, uh, Zabin was the son of a Tal Shiar recruiter. Uh huh. So they're like I said, it this works for me because. I, I understand that these Romans are essentially retired James Bond types and themselves. Yeah. And Picard, like, I like how he still is like this kind of like somewhat helpless old man, but he can still shoot a phaser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know something I didn't like? He can still take being thrown across the room onto his desk. D do you know what I don't like? Hmm. I don't like someone swinging a wine bottle against a person with a space helmet and that uh -huh. person instantly crumpling to the ground. Yeah. Why is this happening? Like... The mighty Thor swings a hammer at a guy in a helmet. Fine, that guy's going down. But just a regular middle-aged Romulan swinging a bottle of wine. This guy's wearing a helmet. I if you don't want me to bitch about this, have the guy not wearing a helmet. Yeah. Have the guy hit him with a fucking brick, you know, like a baseball bat or something. But like, come on. Yeah. Something with enough force to yeah. just knock him off balance. It's it's the only it's the only thing in the otherwise really good action scene. Like I really like. There, oh yeah. There, there's some weight to this. Like uh, when they throw Laris against the window and it like shatters. Like that's like really. Yeah, it's shot from inside the cabinet. It's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, that was a really cool action scene. But like, is unforced error with the wine bottle against helmet. Come on. Yeah. It's like little uh, little, little Ewok you know, versus stormtroopers going on here. You know what I'm disappointed in? That Tell we me. didn't get to see number one come after some of these Romulans. What the hell? Where's number one in this whole thing? Some John Wick 3? Some, yeah. some number one going for some nuts? Some Romulan nut sacks? <laughs> right. Yeah, that would have been Romulans awesome. Do Romulans have nut sacks? But, yes, but they're in the belly button position. Mm. They're on their shoulders. That explains, <laughs> that explains yeah, the big... They're really, yeah, they're really being cautious with their gonads. <laughs> and who wouldn't? It's, it's imperative to the species' survival. For sure. Uh, all right. So, like I said, two interrogations intercut here. One where Soji's interrogating Ramda, the formerly assimilated Romulan, and one where Picard is interrogating one of his Romulan attackers. I thought this was really cool. Yeah, it's it's a nice way to cut back and forth, and them both arriving on the conclusion that Soji is the destroyer. Yeah. It's There's a nice symmetry there. Yeah, yeah. Old Star Trek never did this shit. No. So this God, is a no. very, very modern technique, and I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about these scenes beyond just she's a destroyer? No, I mean, there's, a, I, I like how they, with the, it's interesting. 
Because Ramda is like saying that she, I don't know, it's like Soji's trying to get in good with her and Ramda keeps on saying things like, no, this isn't fortune telling, sweetie. This is the news. Mm -hmm. And Soji's like, oh, you mean a shared narrative network or shared narrative shared, framework of that's deep archetypes of, of the, deep yeah. archetypes that's like as, as relevant as the news and Sonda's <laughs> like or Ramda's <laughs> like no I'm playing Romulan tarot cards I'm talking about like I met you tomorrow but we've never met that's why I said tomorrow <laughs> like Soji's she comes across as like really stupid uh, which I didn't enjoy. And the only reason the interview progresses is that she started having hidden knowledge that she shouldn't have uh, been able to know, which is that's kind yeah. of a cool plot. Better point. assimilation. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I don't know why they made her. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they made her seem so obtuse mm -hmm. because I want to buy her as a very smart like she's if she's made from data stuff, then I'm going to assume that she's very analytically quick and smart and able to put things together. Mm -hmm. um, instead of like intentionally twisting the words of someone to make them fit, I don't know. It is is a weird scene, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I I, I liked it. What do you think she's going for with this uh, no, news I, business? I think you, you spelled it out pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes and if it becomes something more than just not Romulan mythology. Mm -hmm. Um. It could be. Like I said, there's like, uh, I kind of like the Scooby-Doo nature of Star Trek. Like, you know, when Picard goes to a planet that's ran by a devil woman, and it turns out it's just a lady with a replicator and transporter technology. Like, mm -hmm. I, I like the pulling the mask off. And so, like, you know, maybe, you know, Romulans do weird things. They use black holes for their ship reactors, mm -hmm. and the Borg travel through time. So it would be interesting if she saw a glimpse of the future through some sort of subspace gravitational lens fuckery. Um, yeah, or just the collective, like the knowledge yeah. that she gained from being part of a collective right. has changed her perspective on things. Or there's also like uh, some of the religions of the Federation seem to have a little bit of science behind them, like the Bajoran mm -hmm. prophets were aliens existed in a wormhole. Yeah. Um, so there's they were supernatural until people discovered them. And but mm -hmm. but there, there's something like spiritual to that. Um, so it could be any of those things. And it'll be interesting to see which one they, they decide to go with what flavor. So, let me ask you this: What during the Picard interrogation, uh -huh. the the Romulans talking a mess about you'll never find her before we do? What the fuck is he talking about? They found her. Narek's sleeping with her. Yes. Rizzo has gone to the artifact to confirm that they're on track to convert her or whatever, or get some info from her. They know where the fuck she is. Mm -hmm. Is this a different faction of Romulans? I don't know because a lot of that stuff to me doesn't make sense because as Rizzo's saying, oh, this blunder, this this Earth blunder, this ill-advised Earth blunder that, that we did and we would never do that again. Meanwhile, they're doing it again. Mm -hmm. They're assaulting the home of a decorated Starfleet Admiral. Like, Form formerly. How can, this, how can this not be even a bigger clusterfuck for them yeah like they fucked up the first assault and then they go back with the clean the cover-up assault they fuck it up again it, i wonder if there aren't hmm. more than one faction fighting yeah it, it really seems like at this point that rizzo and Narek are working higher up than maybe these other romulans are these yeah uh, black suited romulans yeah yeah i don't know because you're right it's like yeah they already know her they've got her yeah it's just about i guess there's a 
So did he misspeak? Because it seems like the difference that they would have if they're on the same team is the subtle approach versus the snatch and grab yeah. and pull them the, the stuff out of their brain approach. I mean, I'm certain. I can't imagine that in a work of fiction mm-hmm. that's written beforehand that he would misspeak. Here on a podcast, we can misspeak. We don't write sure. this stuff. But, but maybe he's not told. He's just a grunt. He doesn't know. It could like, be, yeah. Because you know. uh, that, that would have to also be a super secret thing, right? Like maybe you don't mm-hmm. have your grunt level people knowing that, oh, actually, we're sleeping with the, the destroyer to get information out of. Yeah, or, and that uh, one of our agents is deep inside the the surveillance, the yeah. intelligence uh, yeah. Starfleet organization. Yeah, like, yeah, because he he they probably don't know that. Yeah, I mean, he's got the poison pill that he bites, which is fucking wild shit, man. Yeah, it's a good thing. Good thing nothing got on our friend Z- uh, Z- Zabden or whatever his name is, because he just turns into green goo. Yep, that's a violent, violent poison that they use. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Romulan disruptor, except liquid. I, every time I see like these poison teeth used, I always wonder. It's like. What happens if they eat an olive and they don't know it's got an olive pit on, in it, but it's like just bite Crunches. down on that or ooh, a, a, yeah. a piece of a tough bristle or bone? Mm-hmm. Like that happens like maybe once a year to me, and it'd be fatal. In this <laughs> it takes it's just like an exceptionally large speed bump a little too fast. Yeah, you trip and fall, <laughs> and your like teeth click together. Boom, done. Yeah, does this just happen? Those are the risks you take. That's, fancy, that's fancy cocktail party. For. Yeah, like I this this I was at a fancy party this weekend, a birthday party, mm-hmm. and they had olives out, and I bit down uh, and pitted olive. If I'm mm. a Tal Shiar agent, I just dissolve in a green goo at that party. Does that <laughs> yeah. happen? Does that happen? Their their Christmas it's their Romulan Christmas parties are insane. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a Romulan Christmas party until somebody dies. Yeah, that's when it violently. ends. Yeah, they start drinking Romulan ale, and it ends when someone dissolves yeah. in a green goo, like a Dothraki wedding. <laughs> Uh, okay, Soji calls her mom to ask if Dodge is okay. She says yes, and then Soji passes out. Uh, when she wakes, Narek comes to see if she's all right, and she tells him she didn't know any of the things she knew when she was talking to Ramda. How could she possibly know them? Narek tells her he may be falling in love with her, and I, is I that just know. an act? That doesn't seem very subtle to me, mm. Narek. Like he's got this long con going, and second date whispers, "I think I'm falling in love with you." Yeah, although they do play the Soji as just like so naive, like yeah, and very young, and uh, you know, her deep cover story is that she's just a young young girl. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, she is. It is. Yeah, she's like story. a she's like a twenty three year old uh, uh, g- computer genius, mm-hmm. and she wants to believe that a hot hot Romulan with normal sized shoulders could fall in love with her <laughs> with no. No nutsack. No nutsack, No right. nutsacks whatsoever. Makes him non-threatening. Yeah. Uh, all right, then Lieutenant Rizzo is now on the ship. She's looking like a Romulan again, and what? she asks what info he got. He says nothing, and she sends him back out to continue doing his nothing plan. So why uh, are we going to see her go back, go back to start? Because, like, look, I don't care how deeply embedded you are in the Starfleet operations. It's a pretty foolish risk to go and visit your brother just so you can smell the sex on him <laughs> and get your ears undone and uh-huh. then go, like, aren't there records? Like, she's physically traversing the space. Like, I thought it was crazy risky to do a subspace yeah. real-time communication, but, like, what is she just done on Earth and she's she's going to be a Romulan now? Because going back and forth is going to be a very... And no one's going to ask where Lieutenant Rizzo is? Right. Is her name Rizzo? Uh-huh. Oh, I, that's a good question. Is Romulan still Rizzo? credited to I Rizzo. They never used her name. Like, it's like I don't yeah. know, Rizzo's a super Romulan name. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of questions that I don't think we're going to get answers to. Right. So strap in for that. Right. And then finally, Gerardi tells Picard that she's going on the mission with him and makes her case for why she wants to go and why he needs her. And they beam over to Rio's ship where they find Rafi waiting for him. And she says she found Bruce Maddox on free cloud and she's hitching a ride there. And boom, we have our crew. And she's not going to tell anybody why she's going there. Nope. She's going there to become a snake leaf burnout. That seems like it to me. Yeah, I mean, she's clearly going there to investigate more Romulan shit, right? Really? It it seems like it. I Why mean, her... independently from Picard's mission, though? I, I thought she was just going to go there to, like... Because she's angry at Picard? But I guess, I'm, like, why wouldn't sure. she just go to, you know, Free Cloud if she wanted to? Could she not afford to? Like, that's another yeah, thing. Like, she's, she says she's living in a hovel, but she's well-fed. She's got plenty of snake leaf. She's got plenty of Chateau juice. Mm-hmm. Like her house looked i mean she's living in a fucking monument valley is this how a poor person on earth lives because sign me up for that shit can she not afford a ticket to free cloud yeah she just captain rios claims that he's very expensive what does that mean dude i don't know money makes no sense in star trek yeah in the in the federation yeah uh so i don't know what to tell you on the economic side of this thing yeah uh so we get a moment with Picard and with old Star Trek here where they're about to take off and everybody looks to Picard, Mm -hmm. apparently knowing like intimate details about the bridge workings of the old enterprise. I think that makes sense. Are there like a lot of hollow recordings or something of the bridge? I'm thinking about like like post-World War II, like how much people knew about like Patton and Eisenhower and some famous phrases of them, like, uh, you know, and how much, yeah, I I think, you know, how like Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf and, and like sometimes these guys get to be larger in life and they get some, especially a guy, like if you think about Picard and all this crazy shit the Enterprise got up to, Mm. like... Which is more bonkers? The idea that that's just an average Starfleet captain, or like they just live this crazy fucking life where every week the church, the 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 things getting taken over by an interdimensional entity, or they're solving peace between the Klingon civil war, or they're saving some world yeah, from he, black I mean, hole destruction. He's like, a hero of legend for sure. Yeah, so I, I think that like the like affectations like engage might, especially like these are all Starfleet officers for the most part too. Yeah, Rafi and Rios. That might there. like read his book, like, like you know, and and uh, Rios even says, "I read one of your books." Like, yeah, I think so. And uh, what yeah. made it, what what sold it for me, and when I started like Rafi, despite the jail shit, is like she kind of slightly rolls his, her eyes at the engage because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's a big moment for us. Is it? I wish it were bigger. I wish yeah. there was more lead up to this because it felt like it just sort of. Well, this is the first time Picard's going to be at the command of a starship. We need to have him do the thing that he does because that's what he would do. But also, they didn't really build up emotionally to this. It was just kind of out of nowhere. It might have been cringy if they did me. build up. Like I said, I I, I liked, but the it could have also been awesome. I, I, I like I liked that it was a moment to like half of the people and that like the person that knows him best and like the sickest the, is the most sick of his shit is kind of rolling their eyes. Mm-hmm. That that that. I think was the right. And I also think that Burkhardt's going to say engage a bunch this season. So, oh yeah, he will. Yeah. And I don't know what get... it would look like to build it up more and how I'd have like, but I did like her roll in her eyes. I did like that. Yeah. Uh, and you get some of the Star Trek TNG theme mm-hmm. in there, which is nice. Uh, you know, if you're going to go for the engage moment, I feel like 
that's a perfect musical yeah, cue for music. it. music, yeah. Got to yeah. get that engaged. Uh, and that's it. That's it for the episode. Uh, one quick thing before we move on to feedback. Um, where are you at with Dr. Agnes Gerardi? Is she a witting or unwitting mole inside the Picard uh, operation? Because there's no fucking way the Commodore O went with her hmm. giant ears and sunglasses and did not at least put a bug on her yeah. or some kind of recording device or something. Uh, and it could be that she's just plain old compromised. Yeah, it could be. I I sort of don't think of her as a good liar. Like she says it, and maybe that's just the subterfuge, right, is that she's a great liar and saying, oh, I'm such a terrible liar is part of that ruse. But her coming, I don't think so. Her coming in to, to kill that Romulan at the very last moment at su- such a uh-huh. such an amazing amount of timing it, that that screams like either again, oh, grease the wheels to get her there, or is it possible she's been replaced, like with um, a synthetic Gerardi? Well, then I was like, okay, are the Romulans using synthetics, or I guess O's I, I not a Romulan? Um, but like we've also seen, like there's huge cosmic cosmetic surgery going on here. Yeah, could she be like some kind of Romulan that they've blondified and round-eared? And I don't think so she, but i be, couldn't tell you but why but also you've seen like like jordy's been kidnapped and they strap mm-hmm. some shit to him and he screams for half an episode and then he goes back to the enterprise and he's like a romulan double agent like there's a lot mm-hmm. of romulans do shit they're the spy people i yeah. i i just think there's going to be a scene where she has to break her romulan conditioning or like they're going to find because they, they also make it a big deal where rafi's like Seriously, you invited a strange lady on the ship and you didn't even let me do a cursory security clearance. Yeah. Like they're going to find out she's got some kind of bone implant that's relaying it. Like that's that's how the O is going to keep track of everything. Yeah, you're probably right. I just don't know how much uh, Gerardi is in on it, like either wittingly or unwittingly. But it's definitely watch watch that because there there is she she, uh, oh didn't let her go with just a lecture and a a shake of her wobbly ears right there was there's more to it i think Mm -hmm. well we have some subspace communications speaking of those subspace communications you got your snake leaf handy (laughs) all right if you like to if you if you like to join our intergalactic uh (laughs) smoke sesh here snake sesh you can send it to Picard at uh, baldmove.com. Starting off, it's Josh. Uh, Josh says, I like, hey, it's that guy, character actor David Pamer, as much as the next guy. But how great would it have been if they brought back Diana Mulder, i.e. Dr. Catherine Pulaski, for that scene with Picard's no. diagnosis? No, nobody likes Pulaski. She's clearly an inferior Beverly. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Gates McFadden, but, but Pulaski would have been interesting, too. Is Diana Mulder still alive? That's uh, a good question. Because she was in the original Star Trek. Yeah, she was pretty old in TNG. Yeah, she's still alive. She's she's only 81 years old now. So I guess they could have gotten her back. Uh, only. Oof. I don't know. Maybe she's not acting anymore. But uh, I thought they would have had that, to do some CG work on her, probably. Well, like what they did at Brent like Spiner. Yeah, well, that was the thing that surprised me. In those scenes with Picard and uh-huh. Rafi, they didn't do any work on them, it seems, to make them look much younger. Yeah. And it really was sort of jarring. Yeah. 14 years is a long time. Yeah. Visually on a person. Yeah. I uh, I agree. I, I had the same problem. I just watched Little Little Women over this weekend, and mm-hmm. there's like a span of like seven or eight years, and they don't, like the, the, the some of the Little Women go from like 13 to 20. 
and like they don't do anything to oh, differentiate boy. that except for maybe some clothing and hair and yeah. i'm like you know but but yeah i, I think it, it works i i don't know why they didn't get somebody better probably budget and, and willingness like getting some fad and might have just been like you know fuck you i, I go to three of these goddamn cons <laughs> You know, I'm gonna start going to more, and then and, and all that's, right, that's we'll fine. stop doing one of the cons and do the show then, because <laughs> we would love to see her back. Uh, but I don't know. He he opines that that way, if they're saving Crusher for a big moment, they could still preserve it while giving us an old familiar yeah. face. I agree. Yeah. I agree. They could have done. They could have gone a bunch of different directions. They could have gotten Bashir. You know, because like maybe he like there's a That'd lot of different cool. medical people that we've known and loved in Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone already brought this up, but uh, Disco has given us at least two f bombs before now, as you might have expected. Oh yeah, so all right, this wasn't the first. It was my just my, my first f bomb on track. Nice. I didn't even notice it, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, Josh opines. I also missed the Elcar system. I get the viewers yeah. see transparent holograms and think advanced technology, but aren't Elcars, you know, just easier to read? I love Elkars. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about their efficacy because I don't fucking know. But goddamn, they're so cool looking. They're iconic. I think I think they're very cool looking, and they screamed future to me. And it's cool that also in the 21st century we interface with a lot of our society with a lot of our world through Elkar yeah. style context sensitive menuing. And and yeah, Google Canvas is essentially just Elkars with like pastel coloring yeah like, I mean, all touch screens are like you know just you have universal gestures to open like uh, it's the same screen i mean it's revolutionary touch screen things i don't know that you oh, want yeah. them on the fire phasers button uh you don't want to get like <laughs> right. reverse to ship and the fire photon torpedoes button confused but yeah you know l cars are cool and the transparent hologram it just seems like all that stuff would be way harder to use than the equivalent either like like switches are easier to use in l cars and l cars are easier to use the vague gestures you make in the sky with a halo yeah. around your fingers like i don't know how that works but it does read the future mm. uh also finds it kind of neat that we got a retcon explaining why we've got both ridged and unridged romulans seems that romulans with the ridges i feel like i should be rolling my r's with that romulans have but i can't i can't i was born without the tongue rolling gene mm. Uh, without ridges might be northerners referring to the entire hemisphere i suppose explains why spock had any hope of blending in on romulus back in the day i missed this there was info yeah so like the the, the the big mook that they had captured and uh-huh. interrogating had the same ridge that uh zomden or whatever his name is and that that laris does not and she's he says this is hopeless she goes yes it is because he's a stubborn northerner and just like you and slaps his his nose ridge huh. so they're implying that there's subtle racial differences between the different which Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. Like, it is kind of bizarre that, like, all Klingons look like Klingons, you know? Yeah. Uh, population that yeah. large. Yeah. And I think they've, they're, they're starting to go away with that. Like, you know, you now see, like, there's different skin colors of Vulcans and mm-hmm. Romulans and even, even, uh, uh, even Klingons. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Charlie sends us, sends us in a message. Although the series has been pretty good thus far, I still have to completely scratch my nostalgic Star Trek itch. Yeah. I know what you mean, Charlie. There's something about that old style, steady cam, lack of explosion Star Trek that I miss. Then enters the Orville. I was wondering if you guys had ever seen it and what you think of it. I find Seth MacFarlane has been able to mock slash recreate that old style so perfectly that it scratches the Star Trek itch for me. Everything from the pre-opening theme scenes to camera work to modern problems the show discusses, it just feels very much like Star Trek. Because it's also comedy. It also gets to talk about certain things Star Trek of old could never. Like when Bortus' husband catches him using the holodeck for porn, 
while becoming less and less intimate in their relationship. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's give credit where credit's due. Barkley did this ages ago. That's true. But he wasn't in a real couple, so you didn't have his girlfriend being like, why isn't he sexually interested in me anymore? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this. I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, Galaxy Quest is one of the better Star Trek movies uh, if you overlook (laughs) the fact that it's satire. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that it's it's very good. Um, I just I just have time to see it. It came out one of these when, days. I'll go yeah. binge watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first we have Picard. Mm-hmm. Next up, David. As a huge TNG fan growing up, I was thrilled to hear about Patrick Stewart's return. But also, particularly after seeing where Luke Skywalker went in the Last Jedi, hesitant to see where we'd find the character. The first episode in particular really allayed those fears. I love the story, and uh, Patrick Stewart still brings it. A serialized storytelling puzzle box set up as though both a blessing and a curse. It's exciting to see where all this leads, but the complete abandonment of the episodic format is going to cripple its rewatchability, an asset to Trek that has allowed it to gain and maintain its popularity. Hmm. That's a good point. Like, uh, when I went back to start watching Star Trek Next Generation, I just jumped in on season three, and my wife, who had never seen Star Trek before, like within a couple episodes, she was able to get like all the jokes and cause it's like, you yeah. know, again, Riker's the guy who likes to fuck. Uh-huh. Date is the robot that washes to be, you, you've got his entire arc in a single sentence. Jordy is the blind guy who's hapless with women, completely yeah. hapless with women. Crusher's the nerd that gets bullied by everyone on the enterprise. Like it's, it's, it's easy. It's easy. There's no complex backstory. Hmm. Like there is like if you go over whole seasons, but it, it's easy to enjoy. And, these puzzle box things, it's not, no one's going to drop in and like, you know, a, some random episode of Picard. I, I, I doubt it anyway. Yeah, I I miss that too. I think the format of old TNG episodes was more conducive to a broader range of, of discussions about society um, and about humanity. And I'm sad to see that go. I think this is a pretty good show. I think... Patrick Stewart is mostly still able to bring it as a very old man. Um, there are a couple of moments in this where I'm like, yes, I see the flash of old Picard in him. Like when he's talking to Rios and he's looking around and saying, this is Starfleet. You're Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's got those moments which really bring back the nostalgia for me. Here's a pitch. But it's different. Here's a pitch. Starfleet's and the Federation has a sickness in it right now. Okay. Uh, Picard's going to fix it over the next three or four seasons. And then the Federation and Starfleet, after they uncover all this, you know, uh, skull fuckery within their institutions are going to get, 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 go on a back to basics campaign. They're going to have an enterprise exploration and they're going to get, they're going to have a new, like, yeah, just a brand new career. And it's going to go back to like, we're going to start examining 21st century plot problems and societal conundrums through the lens of Star Trek. And it's going to be a, a new, to kick off the new 25th century. It's going to be a new campaign of exploration. Doesn't that feel right? I seriously doubt that's going to happen. But why? It could be cool. Why? There's gonna... television just isn't, doesn't work that way anymore. <sighs> I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. If people are this nostalgic about like the Oz, the what is it, Oswell, the Oswald, the Orville. Oh yeah, yeah. And Galaxy Quest. Like, I mean, everyone says that that's like kitschy and you know, kind of like hokey. But like, I don't know. Star Trek was that way because it was mostly poorly written and it had you know and the effects were the effects were no, kind of dodgy. Had no budget. Like the, the effects yeah. and makeup. Like sometimes they I. Actually, if you go back and look at Star Trek Next Generation, especially on Netflix or something, it's got like the actual like gorgeous, yeah. you know, film transfers and it's on high def. 
it's amazing what they did with some of those sets and some of the locations and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's also amazing what a p- cheap piece of wooden shit a lot of those props are too. Like some of those Veron T disruptors are just like erector, like a uh, a two by four standard with some erector set shit on it, man. Mm-hmm. But like, I think a big budget, optimistic problem de jour kind of thing would work nowadays. Maybe I'm wrong. I would like it. I just don't think the enough of the public would like it. I need a company willing to risk $10 million an episode on my yeah. crazy idea. All right? <laughs> Talk That's to what HBO. I need. <laughs> they might do it. Who knows? Oh, man. What would the rights look like? They would be terrible. Yeah, to try to, try to get that on HBO or something. It'd be a nightmare. Uh, so that's it. That's our episode. Uh, that's our episodic conversation about Star Trek Picard this week. We'll be back next week for another thrilling interstellar edition of Picard where we'll get to find out. I don't know. I'm curious to see how big Comoro's ears get. That's <laughs> you keep your puzzle box. I, I want to see. I'm keeping yeah. her on my eye on this. I got ear watch going on. I mean, is she gonna have to upgrade her office eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big office. You're right. The desk at least, right? You got to keep everything in proportion. You're right. Otherwise, the ears stand out. Yeah, the desk has to keep getting bigger. Right. She's going to look like Baby Yoda by the end of this (laughs) and her just just huddled in with this giant coffee mug in front of her. Uh Uh, I'm I'm excited for that. (laughs) We'll see where it goes next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.